Everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome into another episode of the Remnant Call. Listen, folks, you need to stay tuned to the end of this episode. We have a special announcement with Brother Benjamin, something that we're going to be doing here, a special episode of the Remnant Call, and you're going to need to stay tuned to find out about that. So please stick with me. Uh, Folks, we are obviously living in some perilous times. We've been talking about that for such a long time uh, on the Remnant Call. And now we see that the tides have turned in a bad way. Um, And we're going to speak a little bit about that tonight. But at the same time, this is an opportunity as a believer to expand your ministry into places it's never been. This is the time as a believer to allow your light to shine in a dark and scary world for so many people. This is a time for you as a believer to actually begin to make differences in people's lives. And I want to share with you tonight what it means to be a part of the remnant in a way that coincides with what's going on in this world at this time. And you're not going to want to miss it. Father, in Jesus' name, please, Lord, speak according to your will, Lord, that you and you alone would be glorified in Yeshua's name, I pray. Amen. Well, lately I've been spending some time. I've shared with you all. I've had some real tough, strong things I've had to deal with at work and and other things. And, and, And let me tell you this. I was up against some really impossible situations. And I was at a point where the world would say that in this situation you're in, brother, this is going to be the result. This has always been the result. This will be the result. And there's an issue I had to deal with. And I knew it was just, you know, going to blow up into a big giant thing and began to truly seek the Lord. And, and, and not just one day, not two days, but actually seeking the Lord about this situation. And let me tell you what, I was in a place where I needed to humble myself tremendously because I wanted God to do something that the world would look at the situation and say, no, that can't be done. Well, I like to say that God passed all, surpassed all expectations. And I watched his hand move this morning in such a powerful way. And I'll tell you right now, it's once again, a reminder to me that there is nothing our God cannot do. And I know that many of you are struggling right now. You're, you're, you're wondering, can God still work a miracle? I'm here to tell you, not only can he, but he will, but he desires us to really begin to seek him deeply. Last week I was talking about on the unbelief, the the prayer of unbelief, the prayer of what happened when Peter was in prison and how they prayed for his being released. And when he was actually released, they didn't even believe it when he came to the door. You know, they said, no, you're mad. It's, it's, it's his angel. It's not Peter. It can't be him. They were praying for an event that they didn't even believe in their hearts that the Lord would actually answer. And you know what? He did it 
anyways. And I thank God for doing that, for answering prayers, even when when then there's still some unbelief rooted down in there. Uh, but we don't want to let unbelief grow because it can grow into an evil heart of unbelief. And folks, that's very dangerous as a believer, a place where you never want to go. But I know that there's many that's been struggling, like I said right now, but I just want to encourage you. What I saw this morning was so powerful, and the reason I can't get into it is because there are people here on this program that listen, that know me personally in the area I live in, and I need to keep that kind of contained um, because I'm not here to reveal anybody's name or have someone put two and two together. But I wanted to share with you that God is definitely doing something right now. But... You know, I was meeting with some some men I know around here, not in my normal really close group, but some good some friends of mine still. Um, some of them serve in you know they serve in leadership positions in a church, um, but they felt the call to fast and to pray and to seek the Lord. And um, so I was spending some time in prayer with these guys, and. It's amazing right now that in the midst of so many people in, in regular mainstream churches that are going crazy, that aren't even awake to the hour, they're still preaching, there is a remnant of people that sense and know in their spirit that something happens, that's happening. Something is going on so different that in order for them to continue as they've been continuing in their own church's leadership, they must humble themselves before the Lord and allow the Lord to be a part of this. It was all the way down to the pastor was in, of this church, was in the group with us, and it was powerful for me to see them together doing this and to be allowed to be a part of it, and I really appreciated it. But one thing we were talking about is the fact that people coming to church doing that thing called religion their whole lives and actually never being born again. So the question I posed was, is it possible that you can go into church your whole life? You can, you know, raise your hand. You can shout hallelujah and do all these things and claim to be a follower of Jesus and yet still not be born again. And obviously the answer is yes, Absolutely. And I've said this so many times in my life. It's not the world always that needs Jesus. It's the church, folks. And and it means to be in the remnant, to be a part of what we call a remnant believer is something that we all want to be a part of. Now, let me preface this. I was grown up just like many other people in different churches. Now, I, I grew up going to church from time to time, and I, I was doing a lot of bad things. I was never converted. I just went because that's what your family did. It was a generational thing. That's the way we did it. And, of course, your denomination and my church that I went to, we had it righter than everybody else, and we knew the best way, and everyone else is heading to hell because they're not doing it the same way we are, you know, and, and all that blah, blah, blah. But the fact was, is that through all those years, I had no idea. I knew about some truths, but I never knew the author of the truth. And so just because you've called yourself a believer, just because you've done these things, doesn't mean or make you a part of the remnant. Now, this is not some strange remnant theology I'm talking about now. What I'm talking about is the remnant. It's believers from all denominations all that want to follow the Lord. 
or non-denomination, whatever, that want to follow the lamb wheresoever he goes. It doesn't matter what their title is in their church denomination or non-denomination or whatever it is they're part of. It's the fact that they desire to follow the lamb. That's a part of being in the remnant. But it's deeper than that. Elijah in his day, you remember, he thought he was the only one left out there. You know, he had been through the tests on Mount Carmel. He had seen all these things. And, and now all of a sudden he went down there to around Mount Sinai and he's, he's ready for the Lord to just, you know, take his life and everything. And he's just, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And, and the Lord reminds him, you know, remember through the wind and the earthquake, it wasn't the Lord. It was that still small voice that was the Lord. And God reminds him that he's not the only one. He's not it. There were 7,000 others in Israel, all who had not bowed the knee unto Baal. There were more. He was not the only remnant believer left. There were more out there that were just like him, and maybe they weren't on the front national scene of everything and in the front of Christianity or Judianity today, Judaism today, back in that day. They weren't on the front of the magazine, but they were still a part of the remnant. You see, there is a lot of religious activity that's going on today, and there's a lot of religious activity in these end-time so-called programs out there. But there is at the same time a famine of hearing the true word of God in the land. And let me just say something, folks. I I believe in the the Bible. I believe that the stories in the Bible are absolutely 100% accurate. I believe in giants and all these things that the Bible talked about. I think they're all true. But folks, I'm here to tell you right now that if all you focus on is giants and star portals and the return of the Nephilim, and that's all you care about, you are going to be greatly deceived when it comes to neglecting the actual meat of the word in deep spiritual relationship with God. I'm not saying some of these things aren't important. I'm not trying to say that, but that alone can actually become your religion. But the remnant is different. The remnant have a focus that is completely upon the Lord. They're aware of what's going on, but their desire above all things is to be with their God. But what does the remnant actually look like? How do they actually act? When they walk down the road, do people say, hey, there's a remnant believer? Is it possible for us to know that we're a part of the remnant? That's a fair question. Maybe the remnant doesn't exactly fit all of the ideas of what we think the remnant looks like. This is just a few things I want to touch on with you for a few moments here. It's not going to be a long show, but it's going to be important. Remember, we are in perilous times. There is a war coming, according to the word of God. There's wars, many wars, but there's a big one. There's the Ezekiel 38. There's things coming. There's also the God's people through this time. Just keep this in mind. And there's the return of Jesus. Those are the big things we're dealing with right now. 
The things that are going on in this earth with the chaos and the turmoil, the us as believers, and what does that mean? What are we to do? And also the coming of Jesus. Really, honestly, folks, there's not a lot, there's other things, but that's what's on the radar. And so in order to get the priority straight, in order to understand what we're supposed to do in this hour of being faced with these challenges, I want to know that I'm a part of God's plan, his remnant people, not a denomination, but a body of believers. So let's just, what, what does the word remnant actually mean? Well, I always like to find out in the English, uh, you know, looking in the original language here, you know, what, what it means, but it means literally the residue, that which is left after a separation or removal or destruction of a part, the remnant that are left of the captivity, uh, like it said in Nehemiah chapter one, that which remaineth after a part is done, performed, told, or passed, the remnant uh, is what remains after everything else is gone. What is left over? In the terms of God, people, when the truth has fallen in the street, when morality is no longer observed, when God's word is not the standard, you can usually find a group of people who still hold on to the timeless truths in God's word. That group of people who will not embrace the worldliness of the society or the worldliness in the churches you can begin to see who the remnant actually are. But there's a lot more than just that. So let's look and see what God's word actually says. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commands, the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just preface this. If you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, you think you're not going to be here. This is just the Jews. Let me make this clear. Remnant call. I do not preach or believe in any pre-tribulation rapture. Quite the contrary. I believe that even though I might be a wild olive tree, contrary to nature, that according to Romans chapter 11, I've been grafted back in to the true vine. Even if I am a Gentile, it doesn't matter. And knowing and understanding that, I know that I am now a part of the family of God. So I do not believe in replacement theology. Anybody listening here, just I want to make that clear. I don't want to deceive anybody here. But for those of us who believe that we will be here through to the very end, when the Lord returns, when we'll see Jesus where it says, every eye shall see him, that's what I'm talking about. But the characteristics given of the remnant is very interesting because it says those who keep the commandments of God and, and listen to this, have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that's very fascinating. Because not only does the remnant follow and obey what Jesus says, listen, this is Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you don't, he says, you're actually a liar. That's what Jesus says, not me. That's in the word of God. So we obey 
But here's the thing. We have the testimony of Jesus. And what that says is that even though the remnant are people who follow and obey the word of God, it's not about them. It's not about their obedience. It's all about the Lord. They have the testimony of Jesus, meaning their lives are about testifying about God's son and his salvation, the plan of salvation. That's who the remnant are. They obey the Lord, but their lives carry the testimony of Jesus Christ everywhere they go. The group of people have not fallen into either side of the crazy ditch. And that crazy ditch is this, the ultra-believing, legalistic, over-the-top, unbiblical, and let me say it again, unbiblical believers of obedience that put in all kinds of extra stuff that doesn't exist in the word of God and bind you up in bondage. At the same time, there's the opposite side of the crazy ditch, and that's those who believe in hyper grace and there's nothing we need to do we just sit here and just simply uh say i believe in jesus and don't worry well folks listen yes salvation is given freely don't you ever forget that you can never earn it because you can't put god into debt but what you cannot cannot simply think that it's okay to live however you want to live and say it's okay because God's grace covers everything. That is a slap in the Lord's face and he calls you a liar because you don't think that following his commands are the right thing to do. So the remnant obeys the commands of God but they are about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and his soon coming to anyone they can. They understand that they cannot have only one and leave the other undone. Faith and obedience are faith and works. They go hand in hand, but the revelation gets deeper. Look at Revelation chapter 14, starting in verse 12. This is what it says. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The remnant not only obey, but they are laboring for the gospel and willing to die for the cause. Now, folks, let me just say this. In our flesh, we would deny the Lord just like Peter, but the remnant are filled with the Spirit of God and they are laboring for the gospel. That's the testimony. That's what Jesus, that's what we do is we carry, we labor to share the good news. We are an active part of the kingdom that Jesus is coming again and this world is falling apart and we need to take action as believers and do something, not only sit around and listen to other people talk about it, but we actually must share something. They take the words literally to go into all the world and to share this good news with everyone that will hear. Sitting idle in a church pew or listening simply only to programs is not enough for them. They must share the good news. Jesus is coming again. But the remnant... They are not only commandment keepers and they are not only followers. They don't only have the testimony of Jesus, but they are also disciple makers. 
meaning simply that they want to share with others so that others will in turn share with others. And we start a chain reaction. Listen, folks, this gospel is going to go around the world like wildfire. The tribulation time that's coming is to break down barriers also so that the gospel can go through the world like wildfire. They went around the world once on feet in about 30 years, and I'm telling you, it's going to go around again, and God's going to bust open the hardest places on this earth to get the gospel message, and he is going to take it like wildfire, and God needs a people. Are you ready to serve? But there is another truth about the remnant, a truth that's sometimes a little harder to swallow, a truth that sometimes we only see it as a bad thing. But the truth is, the remnant are a broken people. You see, the Bible says the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. See, the remnant are involved in a fight for their lives. The devil is angry with the remnant. He wants to kill them. They are involved in a spiritual war that tests the very core of their faiths. Many are suffering and wondering right now at this moment, listening to this program, God, why are these things happening to me? And listen to what the Lord says. Psalm 34, starting in verse 17, the righteous cry, the Lord heareth and deliver them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. See, God hears the remnant's cries. He seeks to comfort. He sees their pain and he reminds us that we are not alone. When he said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. They remember that the words of the psalmist, when he said, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such of as a contrite spirit. Out of this brokenness, out of these trials comes a beautiful remnant that begins to be born. You see, God is training us and setting us up for success. It might not feel like it. It might not always feel like the greatest thing because the devil is out attacking, but God is proving to us that he can bring us through any situation because we all know if we're honest with ourselves, we always grow the best in the midst of tribulation. That is a 125% fact. We grow in the midst of trials and tribulation. And when we allow a trial to work the way God wants it to work, and we allow this hardships to do the things and accomplish the thing God wants to work, a beauty begins to be born. I remember I was down at my grandma's house. She wanted me to train to trim this bush out of the back of her on the back of the deck. And I remember trimming. I went down every year to South Carolina and I trim everything and take care of my grandparents' uh, yard and the flowers and everything they, they had there. And I cut it back and my grandma came outside and she was just about ready to have a heart attack. 
She couldn't believe how hard I had trimmed back this bush. And I probably wasn't paying attention. I really trimmed it back super hard. The next, I came down, I don't know if that was in the spring or later that year, the beginning of the next year. I came back down to Grandma's house and she said, hey, you know what? <laughs> Robbie Joe wants you, that was my Aunt Robbie Joe, wants you to come over there and do what you did here. Because what took place on that bush was absolutely gorgeous. What looked like death ended up being beautiful life. As the dead had been trimmed away, the beautiful growth of that bush began to shine forward. You see, the remnant, they're not a high-minded people, but they are compassionate people who see their own failures and they share their struggles with the brethren. The remnant don't tear apart each other. They don't look with a critical spirit upon all that they see. They believe Paul's words when he said, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Instead, they look at themselves and see how short they have fallen and the absolute need for God's grace. They have compassionate eye on the brothers and sisters and out of compassion and love, they desire to help and encourage, realizing that without Jesus, all are lost. The remnant recognize that if God is willing to show mercy on them, they also desire to show mercy on the body of Messiah. There is a sense of brokenness among kindred spirits that understands and shares each other's pain. The love that they share towards each other is the same love that Christ shows towards us because they understand God's heart. The remnant understand the sufferings of Jesus and feel God's heart. The devil tries to throw them into the furnace. He tries to take us down. But all the remnant sees is one inside the furnace who looks like the Son of God. Many of us here, many of you now listening, are suffering defeat and failure. You've so badly wanted to live for the Lord, but the sin of this world has bogged you down once again. The guilt of your past keeps you from moving forward. Feel so broken, like at times you can't even hardly take it anymore. I'm here to tell you, God hears his remnants cry again. And this is what he says. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God is not going to leave you alone. In the furnace of your affliction comes forth a beautiful remnant of believers who even though the devil tries to kill them, God says, stop no farther. These are my people. And when the flames seem like they can't get any higher, they turn and they look and they see a fourth one in the fire who looks like the son of God. But finally, folks, and this is the good news. The remnant ultimately are victorious 
Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there a place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was cast out into the earth. And the angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come the salvation and the strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. Here it is. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the, by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Yes, the remnant are broken. They're tried. They're afflicted and they're persecuted for their beliefs. They're not perfect. They've not always had the best parents. Most of them didn't come from the best upbringings. They've said things to others they've regretted. They've broken promises with the Lord. They've even backslidden at time. But the time, but the Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And when they were in that spot, they cried out and they remembered the goodness of their God. And they came home and their Lord embraced them. And in no wise would he ever kick them out when they would call upon his name because he is faithful and true. And his desire is that not one person would ever perish, but that all would come to repentance and the remnant know that no matter what happened in life, if they come back and they seek their God, that he will receive them once again. They understand that they have been forgiven for much and therefore the remnant, they love much. They are tried in this world and all their failures that have come with it, earthly pleasures can no longer satisfy them. All they want is Jesus. Just Give me Jesus, the remnant says. You can have it all. You can have all your stuff. All I want is Jesus. I got nothing good, Father, to offer. I'm a complete wreck, but I hear your knock. Come in, Lord. Give me Jesus. I want to encourage you, folks. You see the trials that are going on in the news. And yes, things are going to spread to us. It will get worse. There will come a day when it's going to be a rude wake-up call. But that's when God is going to shine forth brightly in his remnant. And all the stuff and all the time and the prayers and all that, God, it's not been in sought. And even though when you fought, thought that you were falling away, but and you thought maybe you've messed up, but you still keep coming back, folks, your God is not going to fail you. He will be there when you need him. He will be faithful. The invitation is still open. Some of you, even me at times, carrying around some baggage from our past, our regrets, our failures. And I'm telling you, the word of God has something for you right now. Micah chapter 7 and verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all 
their sins into the depths of the sea. Revelation 1.5 And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus is going to wash you, cleanse you, and cast all your sins into the bottom of the sea if you simply cry out and come back to him. The remnant are a broken people. They're an imperfect people, but they've had enough of this world that they say, Father, I'm done. I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of letting you down. I don't feel like I have anything good to offer. I'll probably mess up again, and I don't want to. But Lord, all I want is you. And I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would forgive me, save me, and turn me from the wicked ways. Because I don't want anything else but you. And I'm here to tell you, folks, your father will come running when he sees his children come home. Tomorrow on the Remnant Call, we're going to have a special program with Brother Benjamin. It's going to be a Rumble exclusive. So if you haven't been over there, please go to our Rumble channel. Just go over there, go to the search bar, search from videos to channels, search for Remnant Call Radio. You'll find me. Go there. We're going to post it tomorrow evening sometime, but you're going to want to hear it. He's going to give an update of what's going on right now in the world and some changes and some important advice, um, some advice that what we need to do in this hour. And um, one thing I've always appreciated about Benjamin that I always knew from the first time I heard him say, he used to always say, don't listen to me. You must hear from the Lord yourself. And I'm telling you right now, folks, don't listen to the remnant call. You must hear from the Lord yourself. He is the ultimate authority. Yes, I'm going to try by God's grace to point you towards him. But ultimately, it's him you need to hear. His sheep hear his voice. Folks, it's time to start listening praying, fasting, seeking his face, and watch what your God is going to do. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, keep the faith, good night, and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountains. Though a trumpet in Zion.